It's time for Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Now, here's Bart Scott and Dan Grossa. And welcome into another edition of Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grossa and Bart Scott hanging out with you once again. Bart, how's things, my man? Not too jolly, man. I, I can't take any too many more losses. It was a tough loss yesterday. Um, I feel for the guys. I understand, you know, 0-13, nobody wanted to be here. Um, I just feel, you know, having that long flight from Seattle, I know that can be a tough one. I've made that trip before right. under better circumstances, and it sucked then too. So it definitely has to be even worse, the fact that you're 0-13. And um, you got to try as hard as it is to try and move forward, and that's going to be tough. It's going to really test the resolve of this group. Yeah, and there was a lot of question going into the game yesterday, too, about how this team would respond, how this team would get off the mat after what was as difficult a loss as they've had all season the previous week against the Raiders. So how would they respond? Well, they made the coaching change with Greg Williams being relieved of his duties. They had some injuries to key players. They're making the cross-country trip all the way out to the West Coast, as you said, which is not fun at all. Oh, and by the way, then you're taking on a good football team in Seattle who was trying to get back on the horse after losing a tough game in their building the previous week to the New York Giants, and they came out with a purpose, and as you said, it was tough sledding all the way for the Jets, 40-3 to the final, and that was a game that, when you look at the final score, Bart, it was indicative of how things transpired over the course of the 60 minutes, and when you think about it, Seattle and Pete Carroll, they called off the dogs in the second half because Geno Smith came in for Russell Wilson. A lot of the backups got some playing time or else maybe the score is even more lopsided. Yeah, you think about missed opportunities. I thought early on it was a, a bit of a fight. You know, I thought they were able to try and, you know, contain Russell Wilson. You can never stop him. But the fact that you kept missing field goals, couldn't get on the board, you didn't get an end result for all the hard work that you had put together to try and move the ball on this defense. Really, I think damage the spirit of these guys and you know we we, we had Castillo on great guy and great this story was, this was a real opportunity for him to maybe push to be able to have the kicking job from now on and he missed an opportunity I know that he really regretful for that because he had a chance to really maybe solidify himself uh, but now it's, it's questions about well what's going on with Ficken is he going to be your kicker the next week and that's a tough situation to be in. Listen, we all understand that kickers have families too, but you know, they're highly scrutinized. You don't really know their names unless, you know, they, they do something wrong or they have a boo-boo, what we used to call it. Either you only show special teams if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. Um, and unfortunately, it was for the wrong reasons yesterday. And hopefully he can bounce back so he can give himself an opportunity because I think he's a quality uh, kicker. But more than any other position, kicking is more mental than it is physical. You're right about that. And, and sometimes it could stay with you. And even when you heard Sergio talk after the game, he talked about, you know, on a couple of those kicks, maybe he was off mechanically, not following through. And it's not like you and I are kicking experts by any stretch, but, you know, just going by his own admission there. Yeah. As you said, you develop a bad habit and then it kind of lingers with you the rest of the game. And I think that was evident, but you know, to that point, one of the things they did really well in the game against the Raiders last week, which allowed them to almost come away with a victory, was they took advantage of their opportunities in the red zone, right? They were four for four once they entered the 20-yard line there, and they put touchdowns on the board. 
Yesterday, different story. The couple of opportunities they had there in the first half, they came away with nothing, you know, virtually zero points there. Yes, the missed field goals were a byproduct of that, but by comparison, you see the Seattle Seahawks, right? They were, what, five for six in the red zone yesterday. Touchdowns on the board, and then you're fighting an uphill battle, and when you have little margin for error like the Jets have, playing shorthanded, up against it, going against a tough opponent, you have to take advantage of every opportunity that presents itself, and they just didn't do it. Offensively, apart from everything else here, you know, they did so many good things last week, right? Putting up all those points on the board. We talked about the red zone, the running game for over 200 yards yeah. against the Raiders. And yesterday, against the Seattle defense, which – Make no mistake about it. They're good, but this isn't like the Legion of Boom days. You know, they're ranked 31st in the NFL for a reason. Right. And the fact that the Jets really didn't get a lot going on the offensive side of the ball, they only had 20 net yards, Bart, after halftime on offense. Maybe that was a little surprising as well. Yeah, it was. And I thought they, you know, I was surprised to see Frank Gore out there starting the game. I thought this was an opportunity to really evaluate, you know, the, the young guys, especially after Ty Johnson come off a tremendous uh, game last week. And I thought they went away from the run too early, and they really didn't have him in starting off. I thought Frank should have maybe served as the third down uh, running back and give these two young guys the opportunity to see if they can repeat the performance that they had the, the week before. But I think when you put Frank in, I think it throws off the, the rhythm. You know, a lot of running backs get stronger as they go. They start to see the field a little bit better. They start to set up, be able to set their opponents up started to see the tendencies of the team. You know, they had Jamal Adams down there at the line of scrimmage a lot. And, you know, they were trying to, to heat Sam up and give him exotic blitzes early on. And I thought that was a byproduct of not really winning on first and second down, that the fact that they start seeing these these exotic blitzes, because I thought that it was evident to everybody in the field and everybody watching that it wasn't going to be a true commitment to the run today. Yeah, and plus falling behind, like you said, by multiple scores, maybe gets you out of your game plan a little bit, and then you kind of maybe steer away from that run game. But, you know, I think that's a valid point you bring up because clearly you want to win on first down, whether you're an offense or a defense, right? First down, second down. So you put yourself in at least third and manageable. So if you are going to go with the run game early on in the down sequence, you want to churn out maybe at least three, four yards on first down. And they weren't necessarily doing that yesterday. And, and, and if you can make like – the baseball analogy. If you're a pitcher, that's almost like falling behind 2-0 on every hitter because then you're up against it. Then all of a sudden it becomes stressful, a hitter's stressful, pit, stressful pitches, right? Exactly. So also, you know, like the, the you know, some of the great pitchers will tell you the, the most important pitch is strike one because you right. want to get ahead there. So it's no different if you're an offense. First and second down, you want to be productive. So in third down situations, your offense isn't necessarily up against it, and you can continue to move the sticks and continue the drive. Yeah, get, get, it helps you be on schedule. It gives you options. So now it's not so, so predictable that you have to run the ball if you didn't have success on first down, you know, that it's still a viable thing. And, you know, they, 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 they're going to have to figure some things out because you have teams that are jockeying for space, and they don't mind embarrassing you at all. There's one thing to lose. It's nothing to be embarrassed. You know, giving up a 40-burger, not being able to really put up a much of a fight, much resistance. At the end of the day, you're playing so that you can have an opportunity to be on this team next year or be able to play somewhere else. And, you know, some some, some guys going to have to step up. I thought that was a little surprising was the fact that it was so many communication issues on the back end. Marcus May making a tremendous yeah. play, but that was based off of somebody giving up an out and up and not really understanding, you know, what, what their rules are, what their job responsibilities were. And I thought the defense struggled and didn't really put up the same fight that they had the week before, even though you looked at – Waller, he was able to really exploit a lot of things. 
that I thought that they weren't able to really compete and make the big plays that they needed to make. Um, and also, you know, just being able to, to continue to try and get turnovers. I thought Marcus may not capitalize on the fact that you were able to get that tremendous play. Right. It was tough. So you, you add in the missed field goals, then you add in the missed opportunity from the turnover, the momentum shifts, then, you know, that, that, that brings morale down to guys, you know, weren't able to, to get the job done. I think this is one that you may not even want to look at the film. You want to just say, you know what, guys, let's start off this week. Let's look at today's opponent because I think you'll be beating a dead horse. Burn the film, bury the football, do whatever you have to do, but just on to the next one. Yeah, everybody, right? Inside the Jets, supported by BetMGM. Place your football parlays, props, and futures bets at BetMGM Sports all season long. You make a good point about Marcus May, and I saw what you said in the post game yesterday as well. It was a phenomenal play on all the highlight shows and whatnot, as it should be, you know, especially going up one on one against a guy like DK Metcalf, controlling his balance, corralling the football, getting the INT. And, you know, we've seen this all year from Marcus. He's a big time player, and the Jets are lucky to have him. But the only reason Marcus May was over there one on one with DK Metcalf, because there was kind of a communication error and a missed assignment along the way, right? No, absolutely. So, you know, I was out and up. He was the safety over the top. It was supposed to be two-man or some form of a man-to-man coverage. And you know, a lot of times we, we say keep your eyes on your luggage for a reason because when the guy goes out and you get caught peeking back at the quarterback, then you lose sight of, you know, your receiver. He turns up. Then what happens? You know, and Marcus May did a great job of kind of boxing him out but also having the athleticism to tip it to itself but not, not allowing Metcalf to be able to make the play to jump and then re-jump again. That's a difficult thing to do. That takes tremendous athleticism, takes, takes tremendous body control to jump off one leg, land on the other leg, and then jump again, essentially tipping it to yourself. A little bit like Dennis Rodman, man. It looked like he was tipping it to himself and he corralled Good the ball. Call. That was a huge play. That shows you what Marcus May is capable of. One thing I wanted to ask you about, though, is and, – and it got a lot of attention, of course. Greg Williams relieved of his duties last week. Frank Bush, the new coordinator for the rest of the season here. So his first game call on the signals yesterday. And we did see guys open, of course, in the secondary. And the Jets had their problems. Yes, they were shorthanded, all those things. But would there be that big of a difference if you have somebody else calling the signals from one week to the next to where you could have breakdowns to the extent that we saw on the field yesterday? Absolutely. So, you know, when we go to training camp, you get a, a huge playbook and you have everything that's in there. But when you get to the season, the package is really tightened down. And who knows if, if, if Frank Bush didn't blow off some chapters, some books um, that the, the guys and the players weren't accustomed to playing in certain situations. Mm-hmm. But you, you get to the point at this point in the season when it's short yards. I knew that we were calling 46 single. We we're calling uh, – you know, I tell advice or under wasp, I can predict it. Well, okay, this is what Rex is going to call from that. Or, you know, if it's if it's two tight ends on the line, I knew he was going to call under bear fire zone. You know, that that's important because you can have anticipation. And also everybody understands because you've seen certain formations and certain plays, you know how each everybody's going to react to it. If you know, and you know that everybody's going to see it the same way because you've either succeeded in this instant or you failed and you've had the discussions. So you have that nonverbal communication about what you see. So you can react to what you see, understanding that your your defensive line is going to see it the same way. I didn't see that yesterday. I saw maybe they were running some plays or doing some things that weren't, weren't you know, normal to them that they haven't seen all the time, and they, they were figuring some things out. And you saw guys look a little bit confused. When you're confused, your step's slow. When your step's slow, you can't make the plays. It's a big, small, it's a minute 
um, difference between making the play and being a position maker play and not being able to make the play. You know, and you saw early on they kept getting beat with this little, you know, outside runs with the jet sweeps and, you know, they, they, they lulled them to sleep at first with just handing the ball off to the running back and then they took advantage of it in short order and getting to the edges. So, you know, I, I would say that's all not being familiar and comfortable with what you're doing and new guys and new places as Jordan Jenkins in play. That's normally his spot. You know, guys are saying things different. A lot of moving parts yesterday. Yeah, and normally they're stout against the run. And as you said, Seattle had some lanes to even get the ground game going yesterday. So, you know, now you look ahead already to next week. And, well, the offense couldn't get anything going against the 31st-ranked defense in the Seahawks. Now you're going back out to the West Coast to take on nine and four Rams who are fighting for first place in that division with Seattle. And oh, by the way, that's the number one ranked defense in all the national football league. So, you know, whatever loose ends they have to tie up on the offensive side of the football, they have to do that. And then some, if they want to be successful against some guy named Aaron Donald and his friends out in LA, because they're legit. They're the goods as far as the NFC is concerned. And the jets have their hands full on Sunday. Yeah, They're, they're going to be tested. You got Brocker on one side and all you got Leonard Floyd, who's finally living up to the expectations. Yep that you know the Chicago Bears thought that they were going to get from him all of a sudden he's been he's been unleashed out there and he's been very productive this year and then you have Jalen Ramsey on the outside that can kind of shut everything down to give Aaron Donald and those guys an opportunity to have more time to get to the passer you know so it's going to be a difficult task and nobody said it's going to be easy it's not going to get easy at all you know they have a tough schedule I think the easiest game or the the game which they say you have the best chance probably of winning would be the, the New England game. And that's, that, you know, last game of the season brings his own issues with guys, you know, maybe giving up. And I didn't see anybody give up. I still see this team with a lot of fight in it. But I'm just trying to understand the need. I need smart aggression. Mm. You know what I mean? I need them to move, move through this and navigate this, you know, with a sense of intelligence, understanding how teams are going to see them, how teams are going to attack them. And until they fix those interior inside blitzes, and be able to either figure out how to turn the protection or how to jet wide and get people up. I know I'm saying a lot of terms that people may not know, but you have to try and figure out how to close the door in the inside, in the middle of your offense. A lot of work to do for sure. Coming up, Bart and I will speak to a member of the Green and White. That's next on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Dan Grasso alongside Bart Scott. Time now for our player guest segment, also brought to you by EY, Building a Better Working World. We're pleased to be joined now by the Jet Whiteout. He's in his second year as a member of the Green and White, Jamison Crowder, who's nice enough to join us here on the program. Jamison, it's Dan and Bart. Thanks for joining us, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me. Now, listen, this seems almost like a continuation because I can remember taking those long flights out to Seattle. It's one of those things where you fall asleep, you wake up, and you still ain't even halfway past Missouri yet. You know what I mean? So what time did you guys get in, and are you, like, sleep-deprived, or are you, are you haven't even felt the, the soreness yet from yesterday because you haven't went to sleep? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely tired. I mean, I was, I was actually taking a little nap before I got on here, man. We got in about – about two two thirty last night, and then you know me personally, man. After the game and stuff, I I can't go to sleep, you know. Right. When I get home, so I really didn't go to bed till probably about three thirty something before, and um, I had to get up, you know. So I had to go in and get some treatment. So I'm definitely tired, man. I'm, I'm probably gonna take me go back to sleep when I get out this interview for sure. <laughs> well, I appreciate we we appreciate you, uh, you know, being so gracious to join us. You understand how precious time is. Um, you know, it's just kind of reflecting on the game yesterday. And kind of looking back on sometimes when you have a, a such a heartbreaking loss like you had against, you know, um, the Raiders, 
know, sometimes you carry that over and that emotional like letdown the next game. Do you did you feel like maybe the team came out flat um, because it was opportunities early in the game, but it seemed like you guys just came out of flat and really lacked the energy that you guys had last week. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, um, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, it was all, you know, it was just drained from the Raiders game. That was the game obviously we feel like we should have won for sure. But um, I think you hit it on the head, though. I think yesterday we just came out flat. And, um, you know, we had some opportunities early in the game. We go down first drive and, you know, put up some points. We get a field goal. Um, but we, you know, drove the ball down the field, you know, well well enough to get down in scoring range. And then there was a couple of drives after that where we was able to get down there. You know, we had a long kickoff return that, you know, helped set us up. And we got to be able to put the ball in the end zone. We get, you know, in the strike zone, the red zone um, area. And I think that, uh, you know, we, we – we, I think we missed what two, what one or two, three field goals, something like yeah, that. Three. So, yeah, you three. know, so that you know, things like that, that definitely hurt. You know, when you when you get down there and you can't, you know, when you come away with nothing. You know, uh, I always feel like, you know, getting a getting a field goal, that's you know what I'm saying, it's like that's okay. You always want to get a touchdown. Mm. But, you know, you can settle with a field goal, but when you don't get anything, then that's just kind of deflating. And then, you know, obviously going against, you know, a team like the Seahawks, you know, just knowing what they have on the offensive side of the football. You know, it, you got to you, you got you to gotta come up with points some way, somehow. Yeah. You can't you, you can't go three, four possessions without anything and, and you know, and think that you're going to stay in the game with them. So it was kind of deflating yesterday. And um, like I said, man, we didn't you know, we didn't come up with points, you know, in those uh, those times that we was in the red zone. And uh, I think that's what really that, that's what really hurt us. You know, what's cr- you know, what's crazy is because we knew that this uh, Seattle was going to come out with a lot of energy. Because one, it was a Jamal Bowl, but two, they had lost an important game and lost their positioning in the standings. And you know, a team with that championship pedigree was going to come out with fire, and um, you was going to have to you know rally and try and match that momentum early on. Right. But you know, for this year, for just your unit particularly, I mean, understanding that Mims had some family issues and had to miss the game, but how how deflating is that? The fact that you guys can't really get consistently on the field, whether it's, you know, getting all three of you guys, but then Sam Darnold's not there, but then getting, you know, all three, you know, getting Sam Darnold on the field, but all three of you guys aren't together to try and get that chemistry so you can put different things on film so that you can use the other team's preparation against them because they're going on what they saw the previous week and you guys are building on packages and continue to kind of switch up who's at Z, who's at X, and who's running certain routes from certain positions. How frustrating has it been this year, the fact that you can't get your guys on the field at the same time? Yeah, I mean, it's been frustrating, you know what I'm saying? Man, I've, you know, I've missed four games myself due to, you know what I'm saying, knick-knack injuries and, and things like that. So I just look at it personally, like, you know, it's just been one of those years, man, you know, where 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 we kind of been hit with the injury bug. And like you said, man, it's, it's, it's just kind of been something, like, you know, where either I'm playing and me and BP is – but me and Perryman's playing and me and I'm not playing or – Mims and Perryman playing. I'm not playing the same as that. You know what I'm saying? So it's been it's been frustrating. You know, not 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 to be able to, you know, play alongside you know all the weapons that you know we're supposed to have out there and, and build that chemistry and kind of build that you know, uh, just that camaraderie you know amongst each other. Um, it's been it's definitely been frustrating. So that's one of the things that I think that uh that's that 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 has kind of you know hurt us. Well, it, it has hurt us. You know what I'm saying this year. Uh, just not being able to have all the guys out there on the, at the same time and go out there and you know make plays and help Sam out. So I think that's that, that's definitely been one of the main things. But um, but I, you know I still look at it, man. You know, you know we still got to go out there and play with with, with with who's out there. You know what I'm saying? We 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 professionals, and that's why when I'm when I'm out there, when I'm available. I try to make plays whether it's Sam back there, 
Flacco back there or I'm you know, playing Mims in or, you know what I'm saying? I always try to yeah. do what I can do. So, you know what I'm saying? Despite, you know, all the injuries and despite all the, you know, the up and downs, man, you still got to go out there and make plays. I think it's only been two games this year where the three of you were healthy, plus with Sam under center. So you haven't really had that time, as Bart said, to, you know, kind of develop that cohesion a little bit more. But yet there was a lot of questions during the week as to whether or not you would even be available to play in that Seattle game. You were banged up a little bit. I guess you were, you know, termed the game time decision. You were out there, though. How did you feel physically in that game yesterday? You know, I felt I felt good. Um, You know, I uh, kind of had like a little calf issue that kind of popped up on me in practice the other day. You know, at uh, at this point in the season, man, you know, I I do what I can. To, you know, what I'm saying, make sure my body and everything's good, and to make sure I get my looks. You know, what I'm saying, throughout the week, uh, the defensive looks, defensive cards, and everything throughout the week in practice. So, uh, kind of, you know, overdid it a little bit in practice. I felt like uh, this past week, and um, you know, kind of dealt with like a little a little uh, calf injury, but I was good to go, man. Once I got there yesterday, you know, uh, pregame, and you know, got I got on the medical bus, got to the stadium early, and got you know warmed up and everything, hot tub and you know, got got my body going, so I was good, man. Once you know, once game time was, once uh, you know, kickoff came around, so I felt I felt good, and uh, I'm just gonna you know continue to get treatment and you know continue to finish out the season. We're talking you know, with Jamison Crowder here on Inside the Jets, supported by Selective Insurance. Be uniquely insured. I don't know if you heard this statistic, but the Jets right now have the longest active streak in the National Football League. You've scored on seven consecutive opening possessions. So you guys are coming out of the gate strong offensively. You're putting points on the board. What happens after that? Do you see a difference where the fact that, all right, you guys put together these good opening drives, but then it's tough to maybe develop that consistency throughout the rest of the game to a certain extent. Do you have any feeling as to maybe why that happens? Well, I mean, like I said earlier, you know, uh, you know, we have good, you know, opening drives, but there's also drives where we get in the red zone and we come away with nothing. And um, I think that, you know, obviously that's kind of been the story of the, of the year. You know, we, we can get down in the red zone, but can't, you know, can't find a way to, you know, get points. And um, I think, you know, another, another, uh, another phase of the game that we have to, you know, continue to get better at is coming out of halftime. You know, we come out of the halftime and it's flat, you know, whether it's on the defense side of the ball or the offense side of the ball, it's kind of like we flat. We don't really get anything going, you know, to start the second half. So that's obviously, you know, an area that we got to continue to get better at going forward. And, um, you know, if we can, if we can, you know, master those, those situations, you know, within the game coming out, you know, after halftime and find a way to get points, then I think, you know, obviously that's going to make us a better ball club. You know, you're not only just one of, you're not only one of the best players on the team, but you're also a veteran and you've been around young quarterbacks with your time in Washington, you know, kind of understanding, you know, what Sam Darnold's going through coming to this huge media market and everything is, you know, scrutinized. You got double the reporters inside the locker room, you know, how have you seen him, you know, trying to handle, you know, the pressure? You know, how have you guys tried to kind of rally around your young player? Because he may not admit that it's affecting him, but I don't know how it couldn't, you know, because when he got drafted, you know, in the first round for the Jets and they gave up so much equity to move up to get him, you know, how are you guys rallying around a young guy? and How do you guys support him to try to help him, you know, get that dub and help the team get the dub? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of simple for me. You know, I just try to. You know, I, I talk to Sam, you know, regularly, you know, whether it's in the weight room, the training room, whatever. And, um, you know, on the field, man, I just look at it as, you know, I, I always try to be a valuable weapon for Sam. I always look at it like, you know, if I'm making plays, then my confidence is going up and his confidence is going up. So that's that and, that, and that's how I view it. You know, I don't really read into a lot, you know, what's going on outside of football with all the, you know, possibilities of this and that. I always just try to be, a, you know, a valuable weapon for him and I always, you know, think, look at it as a, 
I take the approach of, you know what I'm saying, if 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 I'm making plays on the field and, you know, he's throwing me the football, then, like I said, my confidence is going up. And hope, hopefully, you know, it's, it's raising his confidence as well. So, and, that, and, that, and, that, and that's kind of my mentality and kind of my approach, you know, uh, you know, that's kind of how I approach it, you know. And I just kind of sit back and just, you know, whatever happens after the season is going to happen. Um, you know, right now we've got, what, three more games left. Yep. I'm just going to go out there and try to play, keep making plays, you know, when I get – when I get my opportunity and, um, you know what I'm saying, just try to keep my confidence up as well as he. It's got to add to the frustration level too, right, Jameson? Because certainly last year, you were his favorite receiver. You guys had great chemistry together early this season. You got off to a great start, and you were clearly the preferred target there and the most productive guy in this passing game. So the fact that things have gone backwards here the second half of the season, certainly in various circumstances, as you said, injuries have played a factor as well. But has that added to the general level of frustration that, boy, you know, you guys had a good thing going here for the better part of the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't really look too much, you know, get too deep into it. Um, like I said, when I'm out there, when I'm available, you know, I always try to, you know, be a, val a valuable weapon, a valuable target for, for Sam. And, um, you know, I, you know, what, uh, what opportunities I get, I try to make the most out of it. And um, that's just kind of how I look at it and how I approach it. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's frustrating that, you know, I'm not, you know, that guy or whatever it is. But like I said, when I get my opportunity, I try to make the most out of it. So, uh, you know, it kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's rough, man. It's been a rough year. So, yeah. you know, like I said, we got three more games. I'm just going to try to go out there and do what I can and practice and do what I can in the game. To you know, hopefully, man, get a win and, and finish out the season strong. I, I want to transition a little bit and um, kind of talk about you know preparing for different time zones and traveling to the West Coast because you guys didn't stay out there like most teams would do in a normal circumstance where you just kind of stay out there, let the body rest because you know dehydration happens, flying back and forth four or five hours, you got to worry about blood clots and all that kind of craziness. You know, like, you know, what have you guys learned maybe that you can try to do different so that you can come out to a fast start and traveling back to the West Coast in short notice and being able to adjust to the clock? Because now you got to adjust back to an East Coast clock. Now you got to go back to the West Coast the day before the game to try and catch back up. You know, what have you guys learned from this, you know, Seattle trip just from a, a procedural standpoint? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough, you know. Um I think, you know, the thing I've learned is like, like you said, man, it's all about the hydration and making sure that, you know what I'm saying, that your body ready. You know, I know that I've dealt with some, you know, soft tissue injuries. So this week right here, these next few days, man, for me, it's going to be like, you know, very, very pivotal, man, as far as my recovery and everything. So, uh, you know, for me, I'm just trying to do everything I can to recover to make sure that I get back, you know, get my body back on track, make sure all my muscles and everything, you know, is backfiring, how they supposed to be. Because like you said, man, on flights and stuff, like people don't really realize how much you know the flights and stuff can kind of drain you and dehydrate you and you know what I'm saying throw your throw your throw your sleep pattern off and you know if you don't get the proper rest and stuff your body you know what I'm saying go out there and play in the game man you kind of start feeling cramps and tightness and stuff so uh, that's one thing I've learned from it you know even when we went out there and played against the Chargers a few weeks back you know that was a you know what I'm saying just going out there my body felt different you know come game time you know I felt a little little bit more fatigued and everything um and then even even sunday you know, your body just feel a little different so we got to go back this week you know what i'm saying it's in the, i mean it's a challenge you know what i'm saying it's all you know the covid stuff you know stuff that we really can't control but you know at this point it is what it is so i'm just trying to make sure i get my body ready you know ready for the week and make sure i'm hydrated and ready to go on sunday 
Well, Jameson, hang tight, though. We want to have some more time with you here coming up next. Jameson Crowder on Inside the Jets here, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Dan Gross and Bart Scott hanging out with Jet wide receiver Jameson Crowder. The NFL has the cause going on, my cause, my cleats, that a lot of players are taking part of. And that also hits close to home for you, does it not? Yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, last year, you know, I did the, uh, I was linked up with the National Down Syndrome uh, Society and everything. I have, I have a younger brother that has Down Syndrome. So, um, you know, each year I, I always team up with them and try to do some work, you know, so obviously outside of football to uh, bring awareness to, you know, people with Down Syndrome and some of the challenges that, you know, I face and my family has faced and uh, just try to bring awareness to it. You know, I was talking to Sam earlier this week. I was doing an event with him and, you know, when you talk to different guys on the team, like talk to Makai and George Fan or whatever, basketball is a big theme. Even though you guys are football players, basketball is a big theme. So I was talking to Sam and all, and I said, I want to know who are the five guys. Like if there was like an all-starting five Jets basketball team, this is what he said. You tell me. Obviously, Makai and George Fan, because those guys, you know, you need your big guys. Yeah. Sam said he would be the shooting guard. He said you would be the point guard. But we need one more guy. He couldn't come up with a fifth guy. So would you be the point guard? You would be the ball handler? And who would be that fifth guy on the team? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd be the ball handler, you know, the facilitator, you know, uh, point guard, you know, run the show. Chris Paul. Uh, yeah, look, Chris Paul. You know, I can, you know, <laughs> if, you know if we need a uh, – I don't know who that, who that fifth guy would be. I would think it naturally um, would be Herndon because usually tight ends can hoop, but I don't think Herndon can hoop. No, Herndon. Remember, Herndon told us no, he no, no, play. no, no, no. Yeah. He talked like he can hoop, yeah. but he but he didn't glow about himself enough for me to have real confidence that he can ball. He might be able to ball in the suburbs. <laughs> yeah, we now, can't take him to the Rutgers what? or Dykeman Street and see if he can yeah. really ball. <laughs> yeah, now my boy, uh, my boy Marcus may say he can play. You know, he, you know, he he joins into the conversation that locker room. He, 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 he wear he wear he wear he the high shorts. Play. He wear the high shorts. Like oh, he was Dumars, wasn't like, Marcus like a high. He, he was like a, a a good high school basketball player. Like he was thinking about maybe playing ball in college too. Man, okay, everybody yeah, was good I guess, in high school. I guess bro. may have to be the fifth. You know, may you know may. All right. May, may oh, so y'all going y'all y'all going small know, lineup. So. Y'all going y'all going small lineup. Y'all going three guard set then. Y'all going well, three I mean, guards so set. He, I mean, that's what the got, league is got, now, man. You got fan, you got big Makai, you know what I'm saying, down low. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you know, we got fan. a big man, but yeah, they, know, they need to rebound and we, you know, we push it. We 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 gonna push the pace, me and me and May. You know, and kick it to Sam. Hopefully Sam can shoot. I don't know. Play, he say he can shoot, so we'll see. You guys gotta talk it up. Like you said that he said that's a lot. There's a lot of trash talking with the basketball going on in the locker room with you guys. Yeah, yeah, y'all got a lot. y'all y'all got a lot of question marks out there, man. Y'all got a lot of unknowns. But I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, May, May, you know, he got on the defensive side of the ball. So I mean, I assume his defense on the court. You know, he probably play a little aggressive defense. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know it can't be that bad, man. See, I see, I see driving the paint with Big Beckton down there. So see, I see, see, I don't know. See, I don't know, man. I like match up the old school with the new school. I don't know. Like, I'll take myself out of it. I'm trying to think like who could who could really ball when I played on the team. I know Cromarty could ball. Yeah. I know Kerry Rose was probably one of the better ones. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, what's that? Crump Cumberland could ball. He was a tight end. Cumberland, yeah. Yeah, he could ball. And I yeah. think I think Reeves can ball. He got that little 
CP3 back because he got that arch back. He got that, you know, that, that old CP3, but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he looked like he could ball and Braylon Edwards could ball. So that Braylon probably would have been, that, that probably, that probably would have been the old school, you know, old era, you know, three that y'all would have went through in the tournament. You know what I mean? But, you know, like you yeah, say, yeah, we, we, yeah. Had no, we had no answer for Beckton. You know what I mean? We got to sweep the leg on him, man. We got to hack a shack his big butt. You got to use yeah, your six fouls, man. You got to use your uh, six fouls to attack him. Got to see into the line. That's That's oh, How's how's the year been for you, though? You know, you mentioned the COVID thing and certainly the protocols. And look, you know, there's a lot of things you're not accustomed to doing the things that you're normally accustomed to doing. How has that been like for you, the entire experience this season? Uh, I mean, it's definitely been challenging, you know, just I just think just across the league it's, it's been a challenge. Um, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays, whereas, you know, normally you can go in and get a little for you know, Monday or Tuesday. You know, typically Monday we come in and run. It's like now they got the protocols where, you know, you really can't even go in the building unless you have to, you know, unless you're like a mandatory like treatment type of guy with dealing with an injury or something like yeah. that. And then, you know, everything is online. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's a little different. It's a little bit challenging to, you know, saying to receive the information as far as, you know, going over the playbook and everything when everything is, is virtual. You know, you're not really, you know, you're not in the classroom. I was, you know, getting that, you know, face to face, like you know, a coach, you know, asking questions. Like, I mean, you can ask questions on online, but it's it's something that's a little bit different. So, you know, what I'm saying it, it, it's a challenge, but at the end of the day, you know, we we uh, you know, we find a way to pivot and you know, find a way to maneuver and make things happen. So, uh, it's been a challenge, but you know, we 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 made it this far, and um, you know, we just gonna have to finish out these next next few weeks and then just see what happens. When you look at the remainder of your schedule right now. And, you know, you're taking it one game at a time, but clearly everybody in that room wants to get a victory. You know, they want to at least be able to get that goose egg out of the win column there. You look at this Rams team coming up. Yes, it's another trip out to the West Coast, which is going to be tough. And you look at that defense, they're ranked number one for a reason. They got a guy, of course, Aaron Donald, who's as good as they come. Yeah. When you look at them on film, and I know you maybe haven't gotten into it yet, but you figure you're going to have to play even better to have a challenge against this team. Right. I mean, you know, like you said, man, they, they rank number one for a reason. But at the end of the day, man, you know, we all professionals, man. We got to, you know, do what we got to do this week in preparation, um, you know what I'm saying, to prepare. And, you know, everybody – and that's everybody across the board, the, you know, players, coaches. Got to do what we can in preparation to go out there and put ourselves in the best, you know what I'm saying, situation, best predicament uh, to go out there and win the ball game. And, um, you know, that's my approach, and that's and hopefully that's everybody else's approach um, going into this week. You know, like I said, like you said, it's another West Coast trip, but – you know, it is what it is. You know, it's football. Uh, it's the business. We got to go out there and just make plays and, um, you know what I'm saying, just try to get the dub. Yeah, man, we got to get you some melatonin, man, so you can go get your nap, man, so you can be ready for Sunday. You know what I'm saying? We ain't going to hold you too much longer. That's for sure, man. I see it I see it in your eyes, man. It's like when those endorphins start coming down and you're like at home, you can't stay up, man. you like you about to be out for the count, man. We're going to get you some rest. There's only so much the spring water can do for uh, you in that situation, yeah. right? <laughs> only sure. so much. What did you What did you think of that stadium, by the way? Because this will be your second time playing out at the new SoFi Stadium. You played there against the Chargers. What did you think of that place? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely nice. You know, state of the art. Um, you know, saying state of art facility, man. It's 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 it's, it's dope. So, you know, I'm saying I look forward to going back out there playing playing the stadium again. And like I said, man, hopefully, man, this time we can we can come back with a victory. Well, Jameson, heal up, my friend. Get some rest. And uh, thanks for joining us here, of course, as always. Best of luck against the Rams and the rest of the season here. And uh, finish strong. But always appreciate the conversation, man. Oh, yeah. Appreciate y'all having me for sure. Stick around. More of Inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. One. 
And welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grasso alongside Bart Scott. And remember, Jets fans, you can watch Inside the Jets through the Jets app, presented by BetMGM. Go to the App Store or Google Play right now and search official New York Jets. Good thing about this week, Bart, is that this is the first week in, geez, it feels like forever, where we haven't had any interruptions when it came to the scheduling or anything pop up like that. Knock on wood, we got to get through the Monday night game, but things are sailing right along here, and hopefully we can get in our full regular season slate uninterrupted, though. That was a fun one last night between the Bills and the Steelers, and all of a sudden, here you had Pittsburgh, who started off 11-0, mm -hmm. thinking they were on top of the world, and they had that game rescheduled with Baltimore a couple of weeks ago. They escaped, but they could have easily lost it. Now they dropped two straight games, and now you're starting to see the cracks a little bit from the black and gold. Well, I, I always saw the cracks, and I thought that, you know, this was a heavily flawed, undefeated team that played down to the competition, putting a lot of, um, of the onus on Ben Roethlisberger at his advanced age to kind of carry the team, and I think that's not a great recipe right now. You look at some of the older quarterbacks in history, John Elway, um, you think about Brett Favre, those were guys, Peyton Manning, that were carried by the team. Yep. So it becomes a point where you can you know, still be great in spurts, but you can't force an a older player to be great all the time. You have to give them a little bit more support. And really what's the best way to support an older quarterback is with a running game. They failed to be able to do that. You know, James Conner coming back really hasn't looked great. Benny Snell behind him. And then the fact that now they continue to lose parts on that defensive side of the ball, you know, T.J. Watt yesterday, you really was in a, in a tremendous battle with Williams, and Williams was holding his own, which meant that nobody else could get to the quarterback and Josh Allen, his ability to buy time in the pocket. You know, the Buffalo Bills is going to be a, a hard out in the playoffs because they can win in multiple ways. Now, their defense hasn't been as great as it was last no. year, but they got the lockdown cornerback. They have some really scrappy guys. You've got playmakers at Micah Hyde. Um, you got some other guys that can contribute. You know, Ed Oliver is a guy that can get in. It comes to, comes to mind. But then Josh Allen and his 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 connection with Diggs. You know, Stephon Diggs is a tremendous. You know, Stephon Diggs has been a guy that's team. worked out. And we're talking about not even having John Brown, somebody who's going to add when he comes back as a tremendous vertical threat, which allows Beasley to be able to work the middle. You know, so the thing about you know um, everybody in the AFC and in the NFC. Every team has warts. Every team has flaws. And it's about who's going to put together the best game plan. But for me also, it's about styles make fights. What teams and what matchups can give the other teams problems because what they do well is what the other team doesn't do well. Uh, you saw yesterday also Kansas City struggle for a mm -hmm. short period of time against you know, the, the Miami Dolphins. And I wonder if Fitzpatrick is in there, is that a different game? Because he's a veteran guy that knows how to take advantage of defenses. And I feel like Tua is still in his early stages of his career, still learning how to finish games, how to play games, how to manage games, and how to exploit defenses. So, I mean, I think the Dolphins, if they get in, could be a matchup problem because of their ability to stop two receivers on the outside. Now, Kelsey always gets loose because right. that, nobody has an answer for that. But the fact they have two lockdown receivers, you, know, you take away some of the explosive plays, I know it's like, well, okay, of course they take away the explosive plays. But if you take away a couple of explosive plays, I think that's an even closer football game. So the league is wide open, man. It's exciting to watch. Um, looking at Alex Smith yesterday, it's unfortunate that he had a sprained calf. That's scary, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but it's a strained calf, so you, I understand. Even though he comes back from a devastating injury, doesn't mean that he's not going to have the regular you know, hiccups and the little knick-knack type of injuries that all players have. You heard James right. Crowder, who had, who's not coming back from a catastrophic leg injury, has to worry about his calf as well. We saw Becton early in the season. Calf as well. Was that Becton or was that uh, Quinnen? 
you know, one of those guys. Quentin had, who had the calf. Yeah, yeah, Quentin had a calf as well. So that's just not old age and the fact that he's coming back from surgery. That's just football. You know, so it's exciting, man. And, you know, to, 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 to you know, hear, you know, what players are having to go through just to be on the football field and make sure that they kind of live in many bubbles. It's just yeah. crazy. It is. And, 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 you know, it's funny. We're talking about Kansas City for a second. And, you know, I was thinking about this over the weekend. And, you know, what team in the AFC right now, based on everything that we know, you think would prove to be the biggest headache or maybe the biggest challenger for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I was thinking about it, and look, there's good teams, and we've hit on a couple of them here, but they all have their flaws. They all have their warts to where you say to yourself, you know what? I don't know if there is that team right now. I just mm -hmm. think that Kansas City is on a different level from everybody else because even yesterday, as you said, they didn't play a perfect game. Far mm -hmm. from it. But when push comes to shove, they always find a way to make plays. They always have so many different weapons to be able to beat you with. And that's why this team, I think, it's going to take almost a Herculean task to be able to beat them come playoff time. I mean, I think what everybody wants to see, right, is the Saints versus Drew Brees and the Saints versus Mahomes because you got that defense, you got lockdown guys, right. you got playmakers all over the place. But I think a team that can spoil the party is the Tennessee Titans. Because Derrick Henry, once again, 215 yards. If he does that, what are you going to do? It's nothing you can do about him. Mahomes will be on the bench watching as he's soaking the clock out, going on an 11-play drive where he's just taking all the air out of the football, which forces Mahomes to have to try. I thought about it. that. But then last year, you know, yeah, the AFC yeah. Championship game, yeah, we saw it, right? Yeah, but, that, but that's last year. Brown and Davis are different guys now. so now. It's but not, Tennessee's some, defense does not scare you. I got that. But their defense is going to be, is going to be Derrick Henry taking all the air out of the ball. Because if they get ahead by two scores, and listen, you know, you got to put so much real estate, defensive real estate up there to stop Henry, you forget that Brown and um, and Davis are going to be 2,000-yard yeah. receivers. So it's not like they got they got – they probably potentially got 1,800-yard rusher and 2,000-yard receivers. That means that you're getting a lot of damn plays and having a lot of extended drives. And we've seen when Mahomes has struggled against the Raiders, it's been because they've been able to challenge these receivers – at the line of scrimmage, but also they've been able to have long, sustained drives, 11-play drives that really just demoralize. So then what happens is because you beat their defense up so much, by the third or fourth quarter, you're scoring just as easy as Mahomes is because their defense has nothing left. I would agree. I, I think Tennessee is probably the easiest answer. But again, remember, remember, no, I mean, because I mean, people say, oh, the Ravens and all this type of stuff because they have all the cornerbacks and they got Trayvon Williams, they got Jimmy Smith, they got Peters. And listen, that's a dangerous football team right. as well, but they need Lamar Jackson to be special. We, 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 we can't count on Lamar being special. We've seen Derrick Henry become special because as everybody's getting tired, He's getting bigger, stronger, yep. and faster and becomes a battle of, of attrition. And it's all about catching them on the right day. So, you know, that's why I say I believe that the Tennessee Titans have the best chance. Not that the Tennessee Titans have the best chance to go all the way, but specifically against them. And I look Just at the team wise. Yeah, and I look at a team like Cleveland as well, who could be that seventh round that gets there. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt goes off. They have the weapons in Landry, who's a surefire carry carry guy. And then they have what well Mahomes can have is they got two great pass rushers. Three, because you think Sheldon Richardson is a good pass rusher from the interior. You have Vernon on the outside, and you got Garrett, Miles Garrett, who would be leading the league in, in sacks if he didn't have COVID. So, I mean, you got everything you need from Cleveland as well because they can run the ball and go for one of those 200-yard games. You know, if Baker doesn't screw it up. So, you know, those, those teams, Tennessee, and you think about 
Cleveland. They remind me of the teams that I was on that all you have to do is pack a decent defense mm. and a run game, and you can you can go out and upset a team like Peyton Manning-led Colts or uh, or a Phillip Rivers at that time in his, in his heyday still with Vincent Jackson, Antonio Gates, you know, LT, and all those guys upset those guys on the road. You know what I mean? Because what happens is there's no recipe for getting punched in the face. Those were good times. Certainly good times, good days. You're right. But, you know, look, a lot is going to be decided. And, you know, maybe even going into a building, whether it's Arrowhead Stadium or in the NFC side, Lambeau Field, places like that that traditionally have been tough places to play. The fact we're not going to have any fans this year, all bets are off. You know what I mean? Because what is home field advantage really going to mean come playoff time? (laughs) Well, Tennessee is going to have fans. Kansas City has consistently had some fans. So you're going to have that type of energy in there. And the energy is going to go all to the the home team and not the uh, opposing team. So it's going to be some uh, advantages depending on where you go and what part of the country that these games are played in. Not like it would be normally, though, if it's a full house. That's No, of course, of course, of course. And what'd you think real quickly? We have about a minute left here. What'd you think about Jalen Hurts yesterday? I'll tell you, you know, he's given them life and he's going to be the guy for the next three weeks and he's going to get a chance to show the Eagles what he could do. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, I I was dumbfounded the fact that he was able to do so well. And the fact that, you know, Taysom Hill, you know, I, you know, a little different if that was Drew Brees there, but Taysom Hill, they were in some some nasty games with the Broncos as well. But I listen, he's earned the right to give us a, get another shot and, and let us look again. And you look up, and if any of those teams, whether it's the um, Giants or it's the, the, the uh, Washington football team, slips up, they can be right there to take advantage and steal it out the way because they still have that half win. You know what I mean? That, that tie early in the season that everybody laughed at, and it could come back and be the difference. Bart, this was fun, my man, as always. We'll be back at it again next week after another trip out to the West Coast for the green and white. So appreciate you as always, my friend. And don't forget, you can hear us on Inside the Jets each and every Monday on your favorite platforms. He's Bart Scott. I'm Dan Grassa. Thanks for listening to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. So long, everybody.